0: Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Good morning everybody. It's nice to see you all. Happy, happy Sunday. Uh, happy Easter Sunday, Happy Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> Marco says, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. If you've grown up in church, you would hear me say, he is risen, and you would say, he is risen. That, was, that was good. That was good. Uh, have you had a nice morning already? Has the Lord been speaking to you about anything this morning so far? Have you reminded yourself of the good work of Jesus on the cross and rising from the grave? When you got up this morning, I woke up in the middle of the night just so... It's like a personal story. I woke up in the middle of the night smiling, just thinking about how it was Easter Sunday. I, was, I, I literally was, and I remember thinking, why am I smiling in my sleep? But I was smiling because it was, it's Resurrection Sunday. It's Easter Sunday, the day where we remember Jesus coming out of the tomb and all that means for us. And I don't know about you, but that's quite exciting to me. <laughs> Well, open your Bibles with me, we're going to look at two different accounts today, we're going to put um, two different accounts together, and I want to share some good news with you this morning. And the first place I want you to go is, if, if you were with us on Friday night for our Good Friday service, we read out of Luke chapter uh, 22 and 23, and we're going to, we have an egg explosion, <laughs> just can't, can't wait for after service. Um... Uh, And I think Marco is clearly hiding and and hoarding all the candy for the children. This is for the children, Marco. Um, We're going to pick up in Luke chapter 24 is where we're going to start today. And I want to remind you of something very simple. Today we're celebrating celebrating Jesus who came out of the grave. Um, In Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, Jesus is talking to John. And Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not John's revelation, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he's talking and he says, uh, I'm the one who was dead and now I live forevermore. Right, you know what I'm talking about? And he says, I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And I don't know about you, but that excites me, knowing that we have a Savior. See, what separates Christianity from most other, from all other religions, is that we serve a God who died and rose again. And conquered death and hell and the grave. Amen. Oh, man. You all, are not, you, you all are not nearly as excited about the work of Jesus as I am this morning. I'm way more excited about this than all of you. But don't worry. By the end of this message, I know that you're going to be pumped. And excited about the work that Jesus did on the cross. Because here's what I want to tell you. A lot of times as believers, and maybe we've given our life to Jesus already, but sometimes we forget that Jesus did this work for you. That Jesus paid the price for Johnny, for Sophia, for Marlene, for Ransford, for Jacob. He did it for me. He did it for you. He went to the cross, and we looked at this on Friday. He went to the cross, and like Isaiah 53 talks about, he carried the weight of your sin on his body, and he did it for you. Look at your neighbor. Look at somebody around you. You don't got a neighbor. Look at me and say, he did it for you. He did it for you. He did it for you. He did it for Jeff. He did it for Maddie. He did it for Hallie. He did it for all of us. He did it. For you, So this is what we're celebrating today. Jesus coming out of the tomb for me and for you. And for everybody else that has ever lived, that's alive right now. And guess what? All those people that aren't even alive yet, but they're coming down the road, somewhere down the street. And sometime, he died for them as well. He carried the weight of all those people on the cross. Come on. Now that's a savior. I love Superman, but forget about it. Jesus is way beyond Superman. Superman never carried my weight. But Jesus did. All right, so anyways, Luke chapter 24 is we're going to pick up. And we're going to read the first um, couple verses in here. And then we're going to jump over to the book of John and stitch these two accounts together. So in chapter 24, verse 1, it says, Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared, and they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. They found when they went to the tomb, that stone was gone. Listen, that stone was rolled away, and I was thinking about this, and I want to remind you, that stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out. Jesus didn't rise from the dead, didn't come back from death, Me, be like, oh, man, somebody forgot to unlock the door, and I'm stuck inside. Help, help, get me out of here. That stone was rolled away for you and for me. That stone was rolled away so that we could go peek inside the tomb and say, "Hey, he's not here. He's gone." Just like when Jesus gave up his life on the cross, the Bible says that the veil in the temple was torn in two and you could go into the presence of God now. That stone was rolled out of the way so you could walk on into that tomb and see for yourself, "Hey, my God's not dead. He's alive." Told you, we're going to get excited today. Derek, we're getting excited, man. We're going there. All right. Keep going. That stone's been rolled away. Verse 3 says, so they went in. These are the ladies. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And they stood there puzzled. Two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The woman says, uh, verse 5 says, The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked them, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? See, these ladies, even though Jesus told them multiple times, Jesus told all of his followers multiple times, I'm going to rise from the dead again. But they weren't putting the pieces together. They weren't understanding what he was talking about. And so here he is. He has died. He went to the cross and he died on Friday. And so these ladies have gone and prepared the burial spices. And so they show up at the tomb to anoint Jesus' body because he's dead. They're missing the point. They think Jesus is still in the tomb. And so they show up there to go and prepare his body. But guess what? Jesus ain't in there. The stone's been rolled away and his body is gone. And they show up and they're confused. Like, where's, where's Jesus at? Where's his body gone? I don't see him in here. What am I supposed to do with these spices I prepared? They had the wrong intentions. They had the wrong plans, they had the wrong ideas, and so they show up at the tomb, but he's gone. He ain't there, and so some angels show up and said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I wanna tell you this today, as I was, this, we're, this isn't even my points yet, so just hang on. This is all pre-points, this is free points, this is bonus material, this is bonus content on the DVDs box set. If we still had DVDs, this is the bonus material. He says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's gone. He's not here anymore. He told you that he was going to die and be buried and rise again. And so he says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I want to tell you, I want to remind you of this. Some of us here, some of us believers, maybe not any of us, but maybe our friends or people we know have buried things in our life that are meant to be alive. And we have put them in a tomb and we've closed the door on them. And in fact, we thought they were so dead that we have prepared burial spikes and things that we are going to anoint them with and say, this thing is dead and gone and it's never coming back to life, so let's prepare it for the grave for all time. But God is saying today to some of us here, not you, your friends, he's saying that all those things in your life that you thought were dead, they're not dead. And in fact, I've rolled back the stone, I've popped up and I've gone, and I'm calling those things in your life that you thought were dead back to life. We have marriages, we have family, we have friends, we have finances, we have body, we have health, we have all these kind of things in our life that we could allow to die in some way. And God saying, you know, we were singing that song and I was reminded, I had a conversation with Pastor Adrian um, about this song a couple weeks ago. And it's the song that says, if I'm not dead, he's not done. And she was talking about how she loved that line of the song singing, If I'm not dead, he's not done. I'm telling you what, if you're not dead, and are you dead this morning? Guess what? No! You're here alive. You're sitting in this chair listening to me. You're alive. So guess what that means? If you're not dead, he's not done. Mm. Now I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited, guys. There are things in our life Maybe it's your thoughts. Maybe it's your dreams. Maybe it's your goals. Maybe it's your passions. Maybe it is your marriage. Maybe it's your relationship. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your friends or family or all these different things in your life that you have thought have died. Maybe it's what you thought the Lord had called you to do. Some purpose for your life. Some vision for your life. Somewhere you thought God had called you to go, but for some reason that thing died, and you have packed it up and you have wrapped it in gla- grave 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 clothes and you stuck it in the grave and you. Rolled the stone over it and said it's dead and gone and god wants to say to some of us today it's not dead and gone i'm rolling back the stone and that thing is coming out of the grave today and bringing those things back to life (sighs) the women were terrified and they bowed with their faces to the ground the man the men asked them they said why are you looking for the dead among the dead for someone who is alive he isn't here he is risen from the dead remember what he told you back in Galilee that the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that's why and that he would rise again on the third day verse 8 says then they remembered that he had said this so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened and here's who the ladies were. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, in verse 12, it says, Peter jumps up and ran to the tomb to look. Now, I want you to stop, stop reading there, and I want you to go with me to John chapter 20. And we're going to pick up in verse 3, and we're going to continue in this story. John chapter 20, we're going to pick up in verse 3. I want to remind you today that the work that Jesus did on the cross was for you. If you don't hear anything else I say today, if you leave this place and you're like, I have no idea what that guy was hooting and hollering about. I can't remember. I wasn't listening. I didn't want to be there. I just wanted to go have my buffet after church. Whatever thoughts you have in your head. If you leave this place, I want you to remember this one thought, that Jesus died for you. Don't ever forget it. Your sins, your failures, your faults, your flaws, all those things that you thought that, that nobody could ever overlook or that nobody would ever uh, forgive you for, Jesus died for you, for you. And we, we say that, like, as good, as good um, uh, people, we say, you know what, like, I know that Jesus died for me. But sometimes we forget that Jesus actually died for Jen. Jesus actually died for Pastor Jake. Yes, I'm a real person. I have my own struggles. I have things that I have to walk through. And I remind myself that Jesus died for me. Do not forget when you leave this place, that he died for you, that He loved you. John 3:16. This is the most well-known verse in the Bible that God loved us so much that He sent His one and only son to pay the price that you could ever pay. So if you believed in him, and I love the new King James, it says, "Whosoever believes in Him will live." Whoever believes in him, it's you, it's Marco, it's Jacob. Jesus died for you. So, John chapter 20, verse 3 is where we're going to pick up at. We just read that the ladies had gone back and told the disciples what what they had heard, what they had seen. And it says that most of the guys didn't believe them, but it said that Peter gets up. And in verse 3 of chapter 20, it says, Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. Now, if you don't know a super ton of history about the Bible, in the book of John, John wrote the book of John, and he refers to himself as a couple different things. Number one, right here, he refers to himself as the other, other disciple, other apostle. He also refers to himself quite frequently as the one whom Jesus loved. He's, he's, very, he's very modest, He's very modest about how Jesus loved him, but so he's writing this account here, and he says, Peter and the other disciple so you could use quotation marks, it's John he's talking about, Peter and himself started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple, uh, John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And he stoops, and he looks in, and he sees the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Verse 6 says, Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside, and he also noticed the linen wrappings laying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first, John, also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they hadn't seen or they hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus said he must rise from the dead. Then they went home. So they run to the tomb and they see why does it matter? Why does it matter that these clothes are laying in the tomb? It matters because when they went inside the tomb, they could see that there was just the grave clothes laying there. Because back then they had all kinds of things like grave robbers, and people would come and steal the bodies and steal the jewelry and all those kind of things. But if there was a grave robber, they most most likely would have just stole the body. But the fact that Jesus' grave clothes, his linen clothes that he was wrapped in were all laying there telling them that it wasn't a grave. Because a grave robber, somebody who was robbing a grave, wouldn't take the time to unwrap the body and fold up the linen cloth that was on top of his head. It was Jesus saying, hey, I was here, but I was gone. This was me sitting in this place. This was me laying in here, but I got up and I left. Nobody else took me. Nobody stole my body. No, no, no soldiers came out and took my body and hid it. He's saying, I, I was here, but I'm back to life again. And so I'm leaving my clothes here so that you can see that it was me, but I'm gone now. The Bible says that Peter and John go in, and they see the clothes of Jesus, the grave clothes laying there, and they realize that Jesus is back to life, and they leave and they go home. But then we see here very interesting story, and this is what I want to get to. This is what I want to get to today is verses 11 to 18. And this is looking at Mary. And I want to show you three things about salvation in here. Salvation is just a big word for Jesus saving you, for Jesus rescuing you from your life, from Jesus rescuing you from the messes that you make of yourself from Jesus stepping in and cleaning up all those things that you tried to do that you couldn't do and made a mess of, that's what salvation is. Jesus stepping into your life and bringing wholeness. Jesus stepping into your life and bringing peace of mind. Jesus stepping into your life and healing your body. Jesus stepping into your life and doing a work that only he can do. Amen? Amen. So in verse 11, it says, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped, stepped, stooped and looked in, and she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head another, and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. "Dear woman," why are you crying?" the angel asked her. And "I want to tell you something." This word "wept," I don't know about you, and I. The way that I think about a lot of these pictures and these stories in the Bible, I think they come from all the paintings we have in the Middle Ages you know the 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 religious paintings i'm talking about where jesus is like white with blonde hair and blue eyes and all the disciples look the same and and you see pictures of of different scenes in the bible and everybody's very um put together, and nobody's very overcome, really, with emotion, and even the pictures of, like, Jesus and some of them, like, um, coming, like, carrying his body down from the cross, even his body is just like a normal body. It's not bruised and destroyed like we know it would be. So when I read some of these stories, sometimes my first thought is I have a picture of Mary standing outside of this tomb, just kind of like, hmm, it's kind of sad, but... You know, she's just standing over there. In my mind, like there's, the tomb is right here, and Mary's standing beside it, and her arms are like this, and she's just kind of beside herself, and who this is a sad moment in time. Ooh. And the angel says, lady, why are you crying? But the actual Greek word there for when it says she wept, it's ugly cry. If we break it down into modern English, it's she was ugly crying. Bible talks about that actual Greek word is the one where she is showing every external expression of wailing and lamenting that you could imagine. Somebody who is experiencing deep trauma and is hurting and is broken. Her savior, the one who saved her, uh, is gone, and she doesn't understand yet that she that he's rising from the, that he's risen from the grave. She is standing outside, ugly crying with with snot and tears coming down her face, and she's got the you know when you try and talk but you're crying. So much you can't get the words out. The, I don't know where Jesus is. You know what I'm talking about? The Bible says that she is wailing. She is crying. I imagine her body was heaving. She's like, "Where is Jesus?" She's crying, and this angel says to her, "Why are you crying?" Which seems like such an obvious question. Well, she's in a she's at a tomb, and she's crying. Let's put the pieces together. She's crying because somebody obviously died. And so Mary's reply is this. She says, because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there, and it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. And he says, dear woman, another person says to her, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Now, guys, I love this next sentence. I love this sentence so much. Mary is distraught in the garden at the tomb of Jesus. His body is missing. She doesn't know what is happening. She's crying. Some man begins talking to her, and the Bible says this. Are you ready for this? The guy just says, Dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And the Bible says she thought he was a gardener. She thought Jesus was a gardener. She thought Jesus was a gardener, Jesus who just rose from the dead, Jesus who performed countless miracles. She was in such a state of being distraught and so overcome with grief that she didn't recognize Jesus. She thinks he's a gardener, and so she replies to him and says this. "Um, Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. And here's the three things I want to show you. In these next three verses, I want to show you three things out of here about salvation for us today. Because salvation is for us. Salvation is for you. Each and every one of us, Jesus died on the cross for us, for you. And it says this. In verse 16, this lady is in shambles, and it says this. Very simple, three words. Mary, Jesus said, She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. The first thing I want to say to you about this is salvation is personal. When Jesus called Mary's name, her eyes were opened to the fact that it was Jesus. I want to remind you today that Jesus always has been and always will be calling your name. He's standing right there, and it's in that moment when Jesus calls your name, when he says Maddie, when he says Jake, when he says Summer. He's standing right there. Something happens inside of you, and you realize that Jesus, the master, is calling your name. Salvation is for you. Salvation is personal. Jesus is calling your name. And in that moment, her eyes were opened up and she realized that it was the master standing right there that she was talking to. She says, she turns around and she calls him Rabboni, which is teacher. He says in verse 17, don't cling to me. I haven't yet ascended to the father, but go find my brother and tell them that I am ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and to your god i want to read that to you again jesus said don't cling to me i haven't yet ascended to the father but go and find my brothers and tell them i'm ascending to my father and to your father and to my god And to your God. And you know what's really interesting to me in that phrase? Is salvation brings you into the family of God. It wasn't just anymore, I'm going to my father, you stay here. It was, I'm going to my father, and guess what? He is now your father because of the work that I did on the cross. And I'm going to see my God, and guess what he says? It's now your God as well because because of the work that I did on the cross. Salvation brings you into the family of God. He says, go find my brothers because I'm going to go see my God and your God, and I'm going to go see my father, and I'm going to see your father, because he's one and the same. Salvation brings you into the family of God. You're no longer on your own. Listen, what is separation is terrible. You don't want to be alone by yourself, but Jesus died so that you don't have to be alone. Jesus died and rose from the dead again to make you part of the family of God. You're not alone anymore. Once you accept Jesus into your life, you're part of a family that never ends. You're part of a family with a kingdom that will last forever. Go find my brothers because I'm going to go see my God, and I'm going to see your God, and I'm going to see my father, and I'm going to see your father. Salvation is personal. He calls your name. Salvation brings you into the family of God. You're not alone. You're part of the family of God. The last thing here I want to show you is this. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Salvation brings change to your life. See, in just a matter of a few moments, Mary was broken. Mary was distraught. Mary was bawling. Mary had no idea what was happening. She couldn't put the pieces together. She didn't know where Jesus was. But listen, when Jesus called her name, when Jesus brought her into the family of God, the next thing you see here is that there was absolute transformation in her life. There was transformation in her circumstances. Salvation brings change into your life. I don't know what you've got going on in your life, but you do, and the Lord does. And when you step into salvation, and when you receive the gift that Jesus has for, for you, change comes into your life. You don't have to live in those circumstances. You don't have to live alone and in brokenness. You don't have to be in shambles. You don't have to be distraught. You don't have to be weeping and alone and sad and hurting and wounded. Because he brings you into his family. And when he brings you into his family, he restores to you all those things that the enemy has tried to steal from you. Does anybody here have anything the enemy has tried to steal from them? John chapter 10, verse 10 says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So when he brings you into that family, when you accept the free gift of salvation and you step into the the family of God, then what begins to happen is all those things that the enemy has tried to steal from you, all those dreams, all those desires, all those passions, all that mental health that you had that was so great, and all of a sudden your, your mind is falling apart, all that peace that you had and has somehow left you over the years, God begins to restore those things on the inside of you and restore you. The Bible says that you were made... In the image of God that's a great person to be made in the image of and so if you are made in the image or likeness of God then that means all the things that the enemy tries to bring to you all the things that the enemy tries to steal from you you don't have to allow that to happen anymore because of the work of Jesus on the cross Salvation is personal. It was for you. And the Lord is calling your name. Jesse, man, the Lord is calling your name. He sees you. He saw you way back when, man. Way before your daddies, 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 daddies. Daddies, 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 daddies. Daddies, 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 daddies. Like you just keep going. Just keep saying the word daddy. Way before that, he saw you and planned out your life. And he's calling your name, man. He's like, Jesse, I got plans for you. I got thoughts about you. And like we looked at last week, he's written your name on the palm of his hand. He's like, there's Jesse. That's my guy, Jesse, right? I got plans for this guy. I got thoughts about him, and these are my desires, and these are my passions. It's personal. Jesus died for each and every person, and he brings you into that family, the family of God. And when he brings you in, when you step into all that he's called you, and we step into all that he's done for you, your life is transformed and changed. You don't have to live the life that the enemy says you have to live. You don't have to live in shambles. You don't have to live in brokenness. You don't have to live in hurt. You don't have to live in anger. You don't have to live in frustration. You don't even have to live in despair. You get to live in the land of abundance and more than enough, because Jesus said, I came to give life. And life more abundantly. He wants you to have a good life. He doesn't want you to make it through this. He doesn't want you to get to the end of your life when you're like 80, 90, 100 years old, and be like, whew, I made it through. I didn't think I was gonna make it, but it was, it was some tough slugging, but I finally, I squeaked it through. I made it through. I don't wanna spend one more day there, but I made it home, God. No, God wants you to enjoy your time here. Because there's something that he has called for you to do with your time here. If I'm not dead, he's not done. Stand up with me. I don't know about you, but I'm so incredibly thankful for the work of Jesus on the cross. I'm so thankful that he came out of that tomb, that we don't serve a God who stayed in the tomb. He left that place. And he lives forevermore at the right hand of the Father, making intercession, the Bible says, for you and me. I don't know if you know what that means, but here's what it means. It means. It means that Jesus is before the Father saying, I paid the price for Jeff. So Jeff said he was sorry, so I paid that price. I took it. I took it. I took it. And today is the day that we are celebrating. You know, we should celebrate this every day of our life. We should think about this every day of our life. But today we're remembering the work of Jesus coming out of that tomb. And I am so thankful. I am so thankful. Yes, we're going to go have some popcorn in a few minutes and the kids are going to run around and find chocolate in the yard. It's going to be so exciting and so great. Yes, yay. And we'll probably go have Easter dinner together. But beyond all of that, those are great, wonderful things. But beyond all of that, the work of Jesus on the cross. I love to remind myself that he's calling my name he's standing there calling me jake 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 i'm talking to you i'm talking to you i died for you i paid this price for you i did this for you for you and i'm part of a family now now because i'm part of that family my life has changed and i don't have to live the lies the enemy says i do